I think it begs the question too, is the when do we finally stop seeking? Yeah. When are we content? When is what we have enough? And so that is something that we have a conversation with our children about too. Like when, oh, so-and-so got this and I didn't. Okay, but what do you have? Yes. This episode of Beyond Sunday is sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org 52 sponsorships. Welcome to Beyond Sunday, a podcast for parents like us, striving to weave the Sunday experience into the everyday moments of our week. I'm your co-host, Nicole Joyce. Hi, Nicole Joyce. I'm your other co-host, Rocky McCormick. Grab some sparklers and your lawn chair and join us as we talk, laugh, and sometimes complain, maybe a little, (laughs) about our experiences raising Catholic families and discovering God within our everyday lives. Oh boy, we have an exciting week ahead of us, Nicole. We do. We do. Thursday, June 29th is the Feast of Saints Peter and Paul. Woo! And next Tuesday is the Independence Day holiday. Yay. Um, eh. Okay. I like it. It's fun. It's festive. Wait, are we talking about Saints Peter and Paul or are we talking about Independence Day? Oh, Independence Day. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. You know, Peter and Paul. Peter's my guy. Um. But it also means that we're in fireworks season. Yes. Are you a fan of fireworks? I am a fan of fireworks. Um, Fun fact, my husband and I, now of 19 years married, um, my husband took me on our first official date to Mm. our neighborhood fireworks show on the 4th of July. Way back in, are you ready for this? 1998. So many jokes. Not about the year. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's fair. Um, like I have some fond memories. I remember going to like community fireworks shows as a kid in in Iowa. I feel like Iowa would go really big on this, right? Yeah, mm. yeah. And you know, but in hindsight, that maybe seems like a bad idea mm. to host fireworks outside of a veterans' home, <laughs> given what we know about PTSD now. But yes, you know, okay. different times, mm-hmm. different times. And <laughs> anyway, like however fond those memories are my friends and people who have followed me on Instagram long enough will know um, fireworks season is is not my my favorite season. I might be known to complain a little bit. Not about, your favorite thing. No. Mm-hmm. No, but it's like the individual ones that are set off in the neighborhood at two in the morning. Oh, yeah. Especially when you have little children. Yeah, I totally understand. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate yeah. to that experience of trying to put your kids in bed with fireworks going off everywhere. Absolutely. And I need our listeners to know that I was that mom that would call and complain. Ooh. I am not now. I've grown. Mm. I've evolved. We even enjoy some of our neighborhood fireworks. But um, I do definitely have some opinions on personal fireworks that go on and on into the night. Mm. Some might call it a soapbox. But this isn't the podcast for that. But if you guys want to have a private discussion with Rocky about her distaste of fireworks yes, you can, in the neighborhood, you can email us. Right. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if we're not going to talk about that, which I don't think we want to spend a whole episode mm-hmm. with me on my soapbox, but that begs the question, 
what are we talking about today, Nicole? <laughs> oh, are you, so uh, I don't run away with this in I, my personal I, soapbox. Yes, thank you for not making the whole episode about Rocky disliking fireworks. <laughs> um, I thought with the Feast of St. Peter and Paul coming up this week, maybe we could spend some time to talk about how we handle sibling rivalry oh. and the conflicts that sometimes come up in our houses. Well, all the time come up in our houses. <laughs> Let's be real here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe for those of us who were only children like myself or have only children, we can extend that idea of sibling even to like close friends or extended family. You know, I like to call them our Indian aunts and uncles and cousins, which then throws my youngest totally off because I call them like his Indian aunties. And he was like, that person's Indian? And it's like, (laughs) no, (laughs) no, 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 no. But anyway, I think that taking a look at a larger idea of family even and and sibling relationships, the, the, the close family relationships. So what do we do with those competitive and contrary spirits that sometimes arise as our kids are figuring out who they are? Yeah. And what do we do when that conflict is between us as parents? Because mm. sometimes we have differing opinions of how to handle such things. That's a good point. And I was thinking we could kind of ask three or talk about three major issues like that kind of surround this idea of sibling rivalry that we've all dealt with at one point or another mm-hmm. um, and that are also relevant if you have only one child too. Right. Um, one is dealing with rowdy boys. Mm. Boy momming is mm-hmm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, two is the challenge that comes with all those big feelings and that's definitely something we've all experienced as right. adults with some of our siblings that our kids have experienced with their own siblings or even with classmates or right. friends and or see, family That's friends. a really big one that even people who have only children can relate to yes. and will experience Absolutely. throughout the years. And then number three has to do with you know competition yeah. and how we can try to make a competitive nature be healthy yeah. and not destructive. Oh, absolutely, cuz I think there is a gift in that too. There's a there's a gift in that yeah. like competitiveness, just absolutely. not when you're yelling at like 7 in the morning. Yes, because as we said previously, when mom hasn't had her coffee, being extra can be a gift it if you can, can recognize be a gift. it. And I think competitive having a competitive streak is definitely part of that extra yeah. that could be a gift or it right. could be a challenge. Right. Absolutely. So I'm an only child. Mm-hmm. It was super quiet in my house. It was me <laughs> and my parents who were older when they had me. Um, even the neighbor boy who kind of became like my pseudo brother or my you know adopted brother was pretty quiet. Like he wasn't a super rowdy kid. So being a boy mom is not my natural strength. It has taken a lot of adjustment the roughhousing and, and like that rowdy behavior, it makes me so uncomfortable. Like I can physically, and I'm getting better at this as I, as I learn myself and my own needs and personality a little bit more. Like what they're doing is inherently bad, mm-hmm. but it makes me cringe. Like I can feel my muscles tighten. I can feel like my pulse start to race because it's yeah. overwhelming Like it's an overwhelming me. experience for you. Yes. For me. Yes. Um, now, I can deal with the measured competitions or f- a physical strength or coordination. Like, you want to do a race, cool. You want to see who can climb the tree the fastest. But the free-form awesome. roughhousing yes. is not for you. No. Mm. No. I am, however, learning how to have lightsaber battles. <laughs> kind of. This is an important skill to have as a mom. Okay. It is. It is. I spent Mother's Day in a, in a lightsaber battle. Um, kind of. <laughs> Mostly, I, I'm the dance party girl. Okay. Like, come okay. dance with mom. Now, go go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a challenge for me for sure. Yeah. 
So I'm one of two. I'm the oldest of two. I have a little brother who is not littler than me anymore. He's much taller than me. <laughs> um, but I was raised with two cousins, two first cousins. The mm-hmm. four of us together spent every day after school and all day during the summers together because my parents both worked full time. Mm -hmm. So I really felt like I had three siblings instead of two, um, instead of one. And so I had two kind of brothers in my home and one um, sister, now cousin, who stood up in my wedding, who was my maid of honor. So um, so the four of us grew up together very close. Um, So I had a boy cousin who was the same age as me, and then my brother was two years younger than me, and then I had a little tiny cousin who was younger than than him. So um, who just got engaged, which I'm so excited about. Um, So so the four of us grew up together, so I I was very used to being in a house with lots of kids, and definitely there were a lot of boy rough housing happening um, in the house because my aunt who was our child care provider mm-hmm. also would sometimes occasionally babysit for like other neighborhood kids or sure. other kids at church so there was always at least four kids in the house growing up if not more um, and and as we've mentioned before I have three boys now you do who are 15, 13, and 11 yes and for those of you wondering if they still rough house at that age the answer is yes yes um, so I basically have two rules about being a boy mom. Okay. Number one is when Give it comes... Give me your wisdom. <laughs> you're not going to like it. Oh. Number one is when it comes to rowdy behavior, I mostly let them figure it out unless absolutely necessary. Um, and number two is get a good set of noise-canceling earbuds so that you can let them figure it out without being too stressed. Yes. Yeah, so I did <laughs> purchase a set of noise-canceling headphones, but it does look a little weird walking around with my gigantic headphones. Yeah. I don't want to be that kind of extra. I, I'm i so totally okay earbuds. with that. Yeah, maybe earbuds. You maybe never know. earbuds. Sure. Um, which is funny. Tim totally reminds me of this constantly. He's like, it is normal. They need it. Like developmentally, yes. they need it. You should know this. Your background is in, yes. is in human development. Yes. Child development. What? Mm-hmm. Like, I know. In fact, like just last night, we were talking about how I am the don't hit anyone parent. Oh. And then he eggs them on to hit him yes. because they rough house. And then he's like, oh, I have a bruise. <laughs> And I was like, you brought that on yourself. Don't come to me. But, you know, so now I'm the mom of three boys, not two. Yes. No, that's very real. So you have four boys. Yes. It it does feel that way sometimes. And I have a dog. Oh. And I have two cats. Also, all the animals in my house are boys. Oh, boy. So it's just me and the tiny daughter and then everyone else is boys. We'll have to to rescue you guys one day. But (laughs) I do think that, that the boys, if the boys were left up to the engraving on my headstone when I die, it will say, stay off each other. Most quoted line right. from Stay McCormick. off each other. Get off your brother. <laughs> Seriously. I'm just hugging him. I'm like, that doesn't mean you drop him to the floor and roll on him. That is not a hug. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have talk so about many memories of that. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I just really want to stay out of the ER. Let's be honest. I just don't want to take a trip to the emergency room. I used That's to my goal. joke when mine were little that they should give me a punch card at oh the ER. Gosh. And then, like, if you get so many stitches, then you get a free one. Oh my God. Or, like, a Slurpee or something. I mean, come on. Like, didn't I earn a cookie at least? Yeah, That's my, like my three goal kids is with to, stitches in three weeks. Come to on. not do that. I don't have time or money for that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, but you do bring up a good point that, yes, it is developmentally appropriate. Boys definitely need rough play. That's how they learn to self regulate, mm-hmm. it's how they learn kind how like rough puppies. is too rough. Um, it's it's really like there, there there are plenty of studies out there that talk yeah. about how that kind of play is really important for their brain development, not yes. just for like their physical coordination, no. but also for like their academics, especially reading, for example. Yeah. Um, I remember when my youngest son was not reading as early as they thought he should be. They were mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to put him on this 
reading plan to get him start. You know, we're going to do. And I was like, could you just let him play outside? Just give right. him like lots of time on the playground. Well, and I, I promise noticed he that will in get the there. schools too. Yes, and you know what? That's exactly what we did. Right. We just let him run all summer. We did not enroll him in any summer school no. reading program of any kind. We mm-hmm. let him run all summer and now the kid is off the charts, right? Yeah. So just letting them have that brain development and the, those times to make those connections is so, so important. It is, it is. And mom hiding so her brain doesn't explode, also important. Yes, we're gonna get you some earbuds. Thank you. And see if that helps you out. I do, I go hide inside, I send Tim <laughs> out. I'm like, okay, I've done my time, it's you. Oh. Otherwise, like, I don't, and I don't wanna be that mom, like yeah. I don't wanna be the, the no. killjoy all the time. Yeah, find I know a space need to, to do But I also know that my nature is to just, I will hover and I, I need to step away. Yes, absolutely. I remember my mom and I leaving the house to go shopping on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. um, and leaving my dad and brother at home and coming home to them reenacting WrestleMania on the couch cool that was just how my mom made that happen like yeah. i know you need this but i don't want to be I here can't to see, see it. it right i can't see it if you go to the er don't text me right i don't want to know <laughs> call your mother right. um but so that's boys mm-hmm. i will say with my girl it's more like the bickering Mm. It's an incessant back and forth of the, no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yes. Or you're such a insert whatever insult they have picked up. Yeah. And I think with the bigger boys, too, they do that more, right? It's That's more fair. words yeah. than physical. Yeah. So at some point, those little kids turn turned into big kids and the words end up causing more of the harm than the physical altercation. I will say as the kids are older, I don't mind the um, the physical, the physicality as much. It's just when they're little. Like, yeah. Because you know. it gets so quickly oh, out right. of control. Right, it escalates so quickly. <laughs> yes. And the little one thinks they're bigger than they are. Of course. And anyway, but, and some of that push and pull is natural, right? Like the, the sibling bickering is always going to be there. And that's there between my husband and I and my friends and I and all of that. We're sarcastic people by nature. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe we've just developed that habit. <laughs> I don't know if it's a nature or nurture thing, but some of that is just natural. The older ones want to grow up and don't necessarily want to spend as much time with the younger ones. Mm-hmm. And the younger one still wants to be included. In our house, the common theme is really, honestly, like we tell them this all the time and they just roll their eyes because that's what they do. But they really just don't understand how much they really do love and need each other. Yeah. And they're so close together. Our oldest two are only 20 months apart. Mm-hmm. And so... They really are lost when the other one isn't there. But then when they are there, it's like one is bossing the other one around or picking at them. And then the other one overreacts. And then it's like World War Three. Oh, yes. In the house. Or they're teasing to get the attention that the older one isn't wanting to give them. And then it turns physical or we hear the door slam because they reach a boiling point. Yeah. Yeah. Sadly, we are still experiencing a lot of that in our home, too. Well, I mean, your kids aren't that much older no, than ours. No, they're not that much older. And and sometimes it's funny, like, if they decide who can burn the other one oh, yeah. more, like, they'll, they'll decide that they're going to have an insult contest or something, and they think yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. But sometimes it is hurtful, and it's, right. like, antagonistic. Yeah. Um, because we're never more comfortable than taking the filter off in front of our own family members. So, oh, 100%. So, yeah, so sometimes they'll just say, like, the most hurtful thing because they can they feel safe to do it right well i'm home and this is my brother and he's still gonna love me even if i say this and so i really try to remind myself of that when those mm-hmm. things happen oh, as much as possible and also i this is so important like if you're listening and you have kids who are being mean to each other like this mm-hmm. it is not your fault you have not done no. anything wrong you are not a failure this is totally normal and it's really good to hear that your kids still do this because they seem so angelic <laughs> 
and quiet. <laughs> and I think that's the other that's, thing to remember too, is that when there is company and when they're in public, they are not on their most natural behavior. That's so true. That's right? Like so, so true. the things you're seeing in other children are not the antics they pull at home. Right. That's true. And we have to remind ourselves, and I think I've said this before, I know I say it to Tim all the time. It's also why the kids seem like feral animals when they're at home, but the reports from school are that they're like these that they're the greatest angelic kids ever. saints <laughs> most days. I mean, they all have their days, but I'm like, I'm sorry, is this the same child we're talking about? Yeah. But they feel safe. So really, you're doing something wonderful. Yes. Because and, they're learning how to regulate yes. themselves when they need to. And they're yeah. learning when they're home that they're in a safer space. Yes. Right? Yes. So cling to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> cling to Don't it closely. Don't beat yourself up right. about no. it. No. But also I try to remind the kids that the reason that these arguments arise is because they love each other. Yes. Like you wouldn't be bugged by his annoyance. Like you would just be like, oh, whatever. Oh, for sure. Right? Like you'd be indifferent. Oh, for you sure. You do love him. I've seen the 13-year-old's friend do something that is like identical to mm-hmm. something his little brother does. And I'm like, how come you don't get mad when this guy does right? that? And it's like, well, he's my friend. <laughs> well, your brother is also your friend. You are forced to be Newsflash. friends with them. Sorry. He's genetically your friend and you can't get rid of him. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I tell them that all the time. Really, Tim and I have talked about, I'm like, you know, when they're really bickering, all we need to do is come in and like be mom and dad who do something awful so they can band together against us yes it's true nothing creates unity like More mom and dad right enemy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mom and i'm willing to take the fall for that one <laughs> i am willing but you know we know the tender spots of those that are close to us yes. too like they know what that oh, yeah they know just the right exactly button to push exactly how mm-hmm. to detonate mm-hmm. right and Absolutely. really and this is the thing that i'm trying to get them to understand in i don't i don't know maybe 20 years from now what they're really saying is I love you and I want to spend time with you. Mm-hmm. Right? But they're not going to admit that. Oh, gosh, that no. Now. Never. Uh-uh, that's not what I'm saying. But it's helpful if we can internalize right. that so we don't keep beating ourselves up about right. how but they're not getting along. Absolutely. But I try. I try. I'm like, what you need to tell her is I just want to spend time with you. Yes. I don't want to do that. And I'm like, what you need to tell him is I love you, but I just need a little of my own time right now. Yes. I, I do find myself as interpreter yeah. a lot. You know, your brother's just very proud of you. He's right. not he's not making fun of you because he thinks it's, you know, something embarrassing. He's very no. proud of what you've done. hundred percent, right? That. Yes. Or he also knows it bothers you and he gets a little bit of joy. Right. From that. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So learning to identify and communicate their immediate needs, but then learning also that delayed gratification can be a thing, Mm. that is an ongoing process. I mean, for all of us. Mm, Absolutely. So realizing that, okay, I wanna spend a little bit of time by myself, but if I give him 10 minutes, I can get two hours. Oh, but that's, right? And that's, yeah, that's gonna take We're learning that as parents, too, to be like, if I just play that game I don't wanna play for 15 minutes, then they're happy. And we can be like getting our stuff done for the next three, four hours. Sure. But if we don't, then they are constantly like nipping at our heels. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, I think we should also address then these difficulties that come up with competitiveness. Mm. And this one especially is very relevant to all parents, no matter how many kids we have. Right. Um, Because we're all kind of wired to want to do well in the things we do, right? Like we all have the desire to to do well. We all want to be affirmed and congratulated for for doing a good job, right? Sure. Um, And I think it's important to talk about like, 
competitiveness and comparison. Like those, I think, go hand in hand. Absolutely, they right? do. Like I think what we deal with more in the competitiveness, I mean, some of it is in task-oriented things and it's more age-related. Like how come I can't do X, Y, and Z like my older brother? Well, because he's four years older than you. But a lot of what I'm finding right now in the stage that we're in is this competitiveness and comparison of, oh, will you love so-and-so more? Oh, that's a rough one. Because they keep track of the things. Yes, they're trying to track who right. got more special favors, Absolutely. who got more extra gifts, who got yeah. to spend more time with mom doing this other thing. Yep. Oh, yep. Or yes. like, you know, this, this past week, our fish died. And so our middle son was super close. Like that was his... That fish was his dude. Yeah. And so he was really sad. And so in trying to help him grieve through that, he got a few special things. And, well, of course he gets it. You just love him more. Oh, my gosh. See? You just love him more. Right. You let him listen to the song he wanted and not mine. You love him more. You know, this reminds me of something my dad has told me before. He's one of 11 children. Oh, my. And um, he he remembers his siblings always asking his mom, like, which one of us do you love more? Yeah. Right? Like, there's a lot of them. I know. And she would always say, whoever needs me the most. Oh, that's such a good answer. And I think that is really, like, I've taken that to heart, right? Because sometimes you do have one who just needs you a little more in that moment, and that's okay. Yeah. And that is, if we're going to go to, like, what's fair. Right. That is the fairest, right? That is the fair thing to do, yep. fair doesn't mean exactly equal. It means that everybody gets what they need. Right. Yes. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's a much kinder answer than mine, which is whichever one of you is not bugging me at the moment, <laughs> which isn't true. I say that in jest and they know that I'm joking. I hope they know I'm joking, especially laughing when I'm saying that. But and not to, you know, not to take this into more of a theological point, but especially when we're raising them in the faith, I think that answer is so beautiful because then it begins to also instill in them that preferential option for the poor. Exactly. Right. Like when we're talking about Catholic social teaching. Yes. And our place in the world that yes we're all special but the world does not revolve around us we are not entitled yes to whatever we want whenever we want yes exactly and and we've had this conversation in particular about my oldest son who i know i've mentioned before has autism and sometimes he does need a little bit of extra help or he needs extra support and sometimes mm-hmm. the other kids will ask like well why does he get you know whatever the thing right. is and i always say I really need you to understand that everything your brother does is harder for him. Yeah. That that everything is a little bit more difficult for him, even though he might not always show it yeah. because he's a joyful person. He is. It's harder for him. And so if he needs this little extra bit of help to make his life a little bit more like yours, right. a little bit easier, don't you want to give that to him? And usually, <laughs> usually they're like, oh, yes, okay. I guess so. Every once in a while they're like, no. <laughs> because they're still kids. <laughs> right, because they're like, but I really wanted that right. thing, right? Whatever it is. Right. But, it, but it's, it's really opened their eyes to think about what we mean when we say fair, yeah. what we mean when we talk about competing. Like sometimes this is just not the place to compete. Right. There's a time, manner, and a place. Yeah. 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 And it goes back to our episode about building the joy muscle too. Mm. You know, we, we have to try to avoid this mentality of like, if I could just do the one thing, if I could just be the best at the thing, mm-hmm. then I'll have lasting happiness. Right. Right. That's, we know that that's not true. No. And I think it begs the question too, is the, when do we finally stop seeking? Yeah. When are we content? When is what we have enough? And so that is something that we have a conversation with our children about too. Like when, oh, so-and-so got this and I didn't. Okay. 
but what do you have? Yes, gratitude, right? right? That's yeah. you got to have that to build that joy muscle. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, also appreciating the good even maybe when it's a little bit annoying. Like, okay, I know that they're being a little extra right now, <laughs> but he loves you that much. Whatever, mom. <laughs> like, you know, it's the role of the eye. But I think even if in the moment they can't appreciate it, they do go back and reflect on it. And then you start to see those seeds you know, oh, start to grow. definitely talked about it before. That just because the eyes are rolling right. doesn't mean the heart's not opening. Doesn't no. mean they're not hearing what we're saying. hundred percent. Yes. And then I do think, though, it is important to go back. And while we try to... to like instill an understanding of of that fairness that people get what they need that it is important to go back and have those conversations about what would make you feel yeah that i love you as much as because i do love you as much as i love you differently i love each of you differently but that doesn't measure quantity Yes. Like it's unquantifiable. And that's that can be tricky when they're little because right. you could say something like, well, what would make you feel? They're like, and they're like, if you let me eat ice cream for dinner. If you bought me all the Legos in the <laughs> world. I'm like, I guess you're just going to feel unloved. And see, that's where the sarcasm comes in. Right. No. But we're building those muscles right. a little bit at a time. Yeah. So our challenge for you this week is to take some time, maybe before dinner one evening if you have a chance. Um, And this is one of our favorite exercises. We actually love this around Thanksgiving time too because it's not about things, right? Mm -hmm. What we do is we take turns expressing to each other something that each of you is grateful for about the other person. Oh, I love that. So we'll go around and we'll say, you know, oldest child, what I'm really grateful for about you is this, or mm-hmm. what I love the most about you is how you do this. And yeah. we'll, we'll go all the way around and everybody will go all the way around. No, like I said, we like to do it before dinner because then everyone's very focused because food <laughs> is in front of us. But of course you could do this at bedtime prayer. Sure. You could do it in the morning, sure. whatever time works best for you. But it's a really nice time to kind of just build everybody up yeah, and kind of build a deep appreciation for each other within your family. I love that. My kids are going to be like, Mom, you're not allowed to talk to Mrs. Joyce anymore. <laughs> They're gonna be like, she keeps making us do all these things. <laughs> Mrs. Joyce is coming for dinner, and she's going to make you do them. <laughs> but I, I do love that. Well, thank you for listening to Beyond Sunday. We hope you enjoy a safe and joyful Independence Day holiday. Here's to beautiful fireworks in the sky and blessed peacefulness in our homes. Find more episodes at 52sundays.com slash podcast or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can reach us at beyondsunday at aod.org. This episode of Beyond Sunday has been sponsored by the Pime Missionaries. The Pime Missionaries are Catholic priests and brothers changing lives and sharing the merciful joy of Christ with those who need it most through the Pime Sponsorships at a Distance program. Become a Pime sponsor today and bring lasting change to the life of a child, youth, person living with disabilities, or a seminarian. Learn about the impact that you can have at pimeusa.org 52sponsorships.